0: the reason you gotta be worried i wanted to hold on for saying this y'all but i can't okay. hold it more do do we really think that our uh, the recreational activities uh, uh what these guys are accustomed to are going to be compromised for three months i mean somebody's gotta say it somebody's gotta say it. you really really think that people are gonna be without their wives or their woman okay I mean, the guys that are married without their wives, the guys that ain't married without their women, you really, really think they honor in a bubble for three months and are going to deprive? Somebody got to tell the truth. And with that, I welcome you all in. What's going on, everybody? It is Friday, July 10th, 2020. I'm your host, as always, The Pody. Welcome, welcome, welcome second episode of the week if you did not know this already we did do a uh week weekend ish recap on tuesday it's supposed to be on monday we did do it on tuesday me and nick so you can tune into that one catch up on the weekend news it was about 49 minutes long not too too bad try to keep that around the 30 to 45 minute range a little bit more to go into there so it's about 49 minutes well As you just heard from Stephen A. Smith in that intro, yeah, uh, he is talking about the NBA players and it's only natural that they're going to get a little horny while inside of the bubble and he brings up some valid points, not the first person that spoke of that. I heard Bart Scott on the radio last week uh, talking about the exact same thing it's gonna get frustrating but I've seen some pictures circulating guys are starting to make their way to the Orlando bubble Josh Hart Rudy gobert they're bringing their video games their computers things to keep them uh, to keep their minds preoccupied if you will and, and let's get let's get down to it after a month I know a month is a very long time gentlemen but uh, yeah after a month their wives their girlfriends etc can go there. Now, will we see certain situations where you have, uh, women sneaking into rooms, maybe dressed as work as employees of the hotels? I don't know. Uh, I'm just, I'm not speculating anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if these guys get a little bit creative to, to bring these women into the rooms, um, to, to, you know, get that release that, that, that they so uh, desperately need during these, uh, Trying times. I've seen Rajon Rondo posting pictures saying that he's staying in a Motel 6 essentially. Bruh, if you think a Disney resort is a Motel 6, I saw that picture. You got another thing coming. And people kind of kind of jumped down his throat at that. Uh, also, I've seen some pictures of the food. Just be glad you're not living a hundred. Miles away, like the WNBA women, your counterparts there at IMG Academy, where there's worms on the bedroom floors and dirty, dingy laundry rooms. Okay, you're staying in Disney. You've got it made. Whether your your lunch is in a is in a box or whatever, looks like some takeout. It's not great, but you know you're getting paid millions of dollars. And I would take, I would trade my position with yours any day. With that being said, the Players have been arriving to Orlando. Like I said, Joel Embiid actually arrived in a hat. He wore a hazmat suit, a custom made hazmat suit on the plane. Saw some pictures of Portland on their plane a little bit, wearing their masks, etc. Uh, players are still very skeptical overall with the health concerns and, and different things of that nature. Um, so Adam Silver, he spoke briefly about this. Here's what he had to say. I'm confident based on the positive cases we're seeing from our players and the general public around the country that it will be safer on this campus than off this campus, in part because we're going to be doing daily testing. This virus has humbled many. And so I'm not going to express any higher level of confidence than we're following the protocols. And we hope it works as we designed it. Yes. So really, um, that's all he can say. Um, It's pretty spot on. What more can he do? There's really nothing. They're going to be doing daily testing, like he said. And um, at this point, it's just a matter of if somebody gets it, quarantine them for 14 days, Hopefully they didn't come in contact with anybody else. And if they did, you know, they're going to temperature check everybody every day, all that good stuff. So really it's out of their hands. It's, it is what it is. And we've got to wait and see what happens. And hopefully these guys practice the social distancing and, and things of that nature. Now to, uh, more towards the perspective of the players here is, uh, Boston Celtics forward Jason Tatum on his reservations about, uh, his decision to go, to Orlando and really how it was, uh, last he, he thought about it up until the very last minute in deciding whether he should go or not. I was very unsure. Uh, I don't really think I made a decision until probably a few days ago. There's a multitude of reasons why I wasn't comfortable, still not excited about it, not thrilled, you know, cause I'm going to be away from my, my son and my family for so long. But, uh, you know, I'm, Old enough to make my own decisions and, you know, live with it. So I don't expect anybody to feel sorry for me. Uh, I like that answer a lot. Um, Yes, we don't feel sorry for these guys that are. Yes, they're going to be away from their families for an extended period of time. And I think that's part of a factor as to why a bunch of these athletes are choosing not to go family situations at home, whether it's a pregnant wife or girlfriend or a newborn baby, or whatever, young kids, that that sort of stuff. But yeah, no, uh, he's right. Nobody should feel sorry for him. Like I said, they're making the millions of dollars and they're going to be going to Orlando to put on a show for the rest of the world to watch because it's sports. And that's what we like to, to consume and enjoy those of us that are sports lovers out there. So yeah, um, that's an honest you know, pretty much off the cuff type of answer that, that I've, that I expected. So moving on, let's talk about a player that will segue this into a player that is not showing up. It's a sort of a big blow to the NBA. One of the uh, league's top scorers having somewhat of a breakout year. That is Bradley Beal. I spoke about it a little bit on Tuesday, Okay, um, but he is dealing with a right rotator cuff injury and will not be going to Orlando. Will not play in the restart. He was having a career year, trailing only uh, Houston Rockets James Harden in league scoring. He was on my fantasy basketball team too, so that's awesome. The Wizards ninth in the East, trailing the Magic by five and a half games for the eighth seed, and the final playoff spot. Okay, The Nets have half a game there, so they're trailing the 7th seed by 6 games. And I actually, at this point, was hoping the Nets would just tank it, lose every game. It's going to be hard to, to for the Wizards to now jump them without Bradley Beal, even though the Nets are down about 50% of their scoring, which I'll talk about right now. Torian Prince is the latest Nets player to test positive for COVID, and he will miss the restart. The Nets now, if you're counting, keeping track at home, I'm a Nets fan, obviously, they are down seven players. It's ridiculous. They are decimated from this coronavirus and everything that's going on in the world. They're down 51.6% of their points. They're down 51.4% of their rebounds. 59, almost 60%, 59.3% of their assists. 48.5% of their minutes. 43.4% 43.4% of its games started. Like I said, basically, they have lost 50% of their production in every major stat. It's without a doubt safe to say that no other team in the NBA has been more devastated by the coronavirus and this pandemic than the Brooklyn Nets. So with that being said, the Nets have been busy this week. You may have missed it. You may not have. But they have gone out and signed a couple of smart veteran uh, 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 players to come and get. Very smart choices. It doesn't look like the Nets are trying to tank by any means because these players are very serviceable. The first being a free agent veteran uh, guard, 40-year-old Jamal Crawford. He has not played this season, but he is one of the best sixth men in NBA history, having won the sixth man of the year award three times. The last time we saw him play and put on a uniform in the league was with the Phoenix Suns, and he became the oldest player in NBA history to score 50 points, finishing with 51 points. Okay. And what's even scarier to me and crazier about this is that Jamal Crawford has get ready for this more career points than the entire nets roster that will be in orlando uh crazy 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 they were not finished there they went out and then they signed they also added michael beasley okay a veteran uh former top Uh, top two pick. I believe he was the number two pick back in the day. Okay, it played for the Knicks, played for a lot of teams, bounced around, was in China, Uh, serviceable. Not bad, not bad. So yeah, the Nets roster pre-coronavirus looking a lot different than it's going to be during the restart. Okay, Um, next up, the Orlando Magic. Teams have started to arrive to Orlando. Like I said, the Orlando Magic were the first team to take the basketball court yesterday. They had a a practice. And here's how that went down, quite different because of the social distancing guidelines and the uh, the hygiene guidelines that they have, players had to walk out of practice. They weren't able to shower. They had to get these magic bands scanned on the way out of practice before they were able to get back on the bus and their temperature had to be checked. So yes, there was basketball, but there were still some additional hurdles they had to clear from a health perspective. So very, very different. Normally guys would shower, but nope not during this pandemic, not during coronavirus, that's not happening. So yeah, adjustments have to be made. This is sort of the new normal, you could say, that they're going to have to get used to and and deal with moving forward. Okay, let's switch gears. Let's talk real quick about the WNBA. Making headlines earlier this week, Georgia Senator Kelly Loeffler, who is co-owner of the Atlanta Dream so she sent a letter to the commissioner denouncing the Black Lives Matter movement in the sport. She called the Black Lives Matter movement political and said it's misaligned with the values and goals of the NBA. So let's break that down a little bit. She asked that instead of putting Black Lives Matter and say her name, they were going that so players in the WNBA on their warm-up jerseys are going to put the, the words say her name and in reference to Brianna Taylor, the young 26-year-old EMT that was shot in her apartment um, by the police um, months, months back. Uh, they're going to put that on the warm-up jerseys. She is suggesting that instead of doing all of that with the whole Black Lives Matter, let's have some unity. Let's put something on there that we can all respect and we can all get behind, such as the American flag. She also said that supporting a particular political agenda undermines the potential of the sport and sends a message of inclusion. Now, I, I actually really uh, truly agree with that in the sense that I'm uh, you know very well, I'm the type of person I don't think that politics and sports mix very well, and I think that it is it, it, it's not good for the sport. To alienate yourselves from from one side, um, because you can argue that a lot of this BLM and a lot of um, all of you know the violence in the country right now, a lot of it you can argue it's politically aligned. You've got Republicans on one side, you've got liberals on another side, and you can't please. You're not going to please everyone. There are certain people that are against the whole BLM movement and and this whole notion of putting stuff on warm up jerseys that 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 are politically motivated. Right, a lot of people don't like that, but Everybody can get behind the American flag or or something uh, patriotic if you want to put that on there. That's all that she is saying. And uh, To me, the WNBA's viewership in this country is so bleak and it's so minimal that these players have to go and play in the coldest areas of the world, uh, in the middle of Russia okay cold fronts that that are negative you know minus degrees I, i've seen the documentaries i've seen the espn stories where they where they follow brittany griner and, and all these superstars around they have to actually uproot their lives for months at a time and go play in other countries in china in russia in, you know in spain you name it because they don't make enough money here in the wnba so hey let's just Let's just be sheep and go with the flow, right? And do what everybody else is doing because that's the trendy thing to put BLM on everything and all that stuff, right? Well, no. How about you do something not so trendy? Do your own thing because if you go out if you think outside the box and do something differently, you could argue that that's going to bring more eyes to to your sport and that's going to bring that's going to drum up the the viewership even more. So to compete with these other sports by doing the same thing that everyone else is doing isn't a smart business decision. It's not a smart move at all. So I actually, not only do I agree with her, but I just think from a standpoint of if you want to drum up viewership and get more eyes on your sport, you got to, do, you got to change it up and do something differently. So if you don't, you know, a lot of people don't agree with her. A lot of people, there are a lot of people that that do agree with her as well. So, and then her final point, uh, Loffler was that we need less, not more politics in sports. And again, I, I don't know how you could disagree with that because, you know, we're divided as a nation right now and with between the two political parties and we need to just we need we, we want to when we watch sports, we just want to break from reality. We want that escape for a couple hours while we watch a game. We want to sit back on the couch, you know, eat some wings, drink some cold ones just just escape for a few hours okay that's it we don't care about the political agenda we don't want you know um the superstar players to 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 start getting into politics and playing to one side or the other because listen if i'm a republican or i'm a democrat and then i go out and i see such and such player supporting uh joe biden or donald trump and i'm not a supporter of that person I'm going to have a negative uh, view view of that person. I'm not really going to like them anymore. So if you don't give, and then you're going to, you know, you lose Jersey sales, you know, it's not a smart marketing or business decision to alienate certain people in this world. People that are sports fans, they, you know, they, they don't care about politics. They just want to watch their sport and then go to bed and that's that and then wake up and deal with the rest what's going on in the rest of the world so just you know just a heads up to all you athletes out there you know i know you got you got a platform you want to use it but there's a time and a place okay um where are we at now let's see all right we're going to move on from there <laughs> Actually, no, we're not because one more thing. It just popped up on my phone as a reminder. One more NBA thing. So today, and this is gonna be a public service announcement. Today, Adrian Wojnarowski, okay, you can he is better known as Woj. He is the Adam Schefter of the NBA. He breaks all, he's got the inside scoop. He breaks it all down. He, he's got the answer for you always, right? When a player gets traded or signs a contract, bing, bang, boom, he's there. He's got it. He tweets it. Woj bombs, that's what they call them. Well, he literally dropped a woj bomb today. So here's what happened, okay? This morning on Friday, as I record this, so Friday morning, July 10th, he sent a profane email to Missouri Senator Josh Hawley Now, he used his ESPN email account to send this, and he said, F you. That's all he said to the guy was F you, okay? Now, this is what it was in response to. On Friday, today... Senator Hawley of Missouri sent a letter to NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. This is, goes along the lines of with, with, with the uh, Kelly Loeffler uh, um, letter as well, too. He sent a letter to Adam Silver asking why the NBA won't allow phrases like support our troops and back to blue, uh, back the blue, as in uh, police, on their jerseys in 2020, like during this uh, bubble. He also questioned the league's relationship in China, which that's a whole nother story. We won't get in there. So then in response to that, Adrian Wojnarowski logs into his uh, ESPN email, Outlook, I believe it was, and he sends FU to the to the senator. Real mature, a professional. This guy, Adrian Wojnarowski is like late 40s, 50 years old, whatever. Totally, totally unprofessional, right? And I have no issue with, with Woj uh, whatsoever. You know, he... He by all accounts does his job well. You know, he used to work at Yahoo Sports before coming over to ESPN. ESPN called his behavior completely unacceptable in a statement. They said they would speak with Woj about the email and that the specifics of the of those conversations will remain internal. Now he of course did release a, you know, a cookie cutter statement saying I was disrespectful and I made a regrettable mistake. Yada 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 blah, blah, blah. I'm sure that ESPN made him release that statement. Now, there are ways to go about this. If if you don't agree with somebody, he could have you know called the office, asked to speak with him. But guys, here's just a PSA. When you're going to do something like this that you know you're not supposed to do, don't do it from your work email. They can track it. I work in IT. It's so obvious. Not only that, the, the guy screenshotted it and posted it on the internet, the, the senator. So it's like everything lives on social media nowadays. Nothing is in secret. Nothing is private. How many times do you see uh, you know, these thirsty players DMing this girl, and then she posts the DMs? Nothing's private anymore. So you got to expect that these things, when you hit that send button, you better look long and hard at that keyboard and those words that are in front of you because if it doesn't sound right or there's just a thought that this might be perceived in the wrong way just like what we've seen with Deshaun jackson delete 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 and don't be sending those tweets when you're drunk at 3 a.m okay because that's the ones that those are the ones that really get you in trouble so that's what happened this morning uh with woge okay, let's get into the NFL a little bit. I'll kind of breeze through this. I don't want to spend too much time, but spoke about this on Tuesday uh, when I had the episode with Nick. Um, This is in regards to the Patrick Mahomes record breaking $503 million 12 year extension. Okay. And now um, I spoke about, we spoke about it a little bit. We were pressed for time, so I didn't get too much into detail. Now I'm going to be brief about it but I'm going to get into a little bit more detail on a story that I thought was really cool. So there was this woman named Katie Camlin, she's just some liquor store employee that works in the Kansas City area and she happened to be working and stumbled upon some blind luck. She sent out a tweet earlier in the day of the of the signing or the extension when it was announced and her tweet said a front office employee for the Chiefs came in and bought six bottles of Dom said there's a big signing today. He said it's not Chris Jones, so my guess is a Mahomes deal. That was her speculating. Now, she was dead on the money. She could not have been more correct. She even tweeted after the fact, holy bleep, I beat Schefter, uh, referring to, of course, Adam Schefter, who is the number one guy when it comes to the breaking news stories. Okay, And she did. She beat him by a couple hours. And of course, Adam Schefter had to get in on the fun because he's a classy guy. Awesome dude. He DM'd Katie congratulating her on the scoop and even asked her to keep him in the loop the next time some Chiefs employees come in to buy some bottles of bubbly. Like, that's just funny. That's awesome. I think she was a little scared too because I, I did read that she deleted the tweet because um, she was afraid that she might get in trouble or whatnot, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, never thought that it would be some random Woman that works at a liquor store to break some news like that. But funny thing is, that news on the Mahomes extension was in fact predicted even before Katie Camlin. We have to go all the way back a couple of years ago to an interview that was done by Patrick Mahomes, former coach at Texas Tech, now Arizona Cardinals head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. Listen to this. I mean, this is just eerie. Tell me about Mahomes. What's special about him? And how do you think he's going to fare in Kansas City? Yeah, his, his arm talent is as is, is good as, I mean, the best I've ever seen as far as just being able to throw from different platforms, different angles, off balance. So I think the sky's the limit. Yeah. I got to watch him three years in practice and, and, make, and he just made throw after throw. You're like, how did he do that? I mean, I I truly believe he'll be, you know, the highest paid player in the history of the game when his contract comes up. I think he's that good. Wow, that's quite the the prediction there. I I mean, really? And that was two years ago. Just insane. Uh, I mean, everybody's predicting predicted this Mahomes signing. Uh, So, I mean, personally, I was a huge fan of Mahomes when he was coming out. I'm not, I've never played football in my life. I, I don't coach football. I know really nothing besides Madden that really playing Madden, growing up playing the Madden video game franchise is what taught me the basics of football and just watching. Okay. So I don't, it, it's, you know, I don't believe, well, maybe in the back, in my head, I think that I could coach in the NFL or coach football or whatever, but I don't know the true X's and O's behind it. I don't know how to call plays like actual, like play calling type of stuff. Right. I just know, oh, shotgun and, throw, you know, go routes and, and sticks and, and comebacks. And, you know, I, I, I have basic knowledge. But, um, yeah, I saw tape. I, I like to think I'm a decent talent evaluator when it comes to quarterbacks because I actually will, a lot of times I'll just watch some YouTube highlights of their, you know, some senior year highlights at, in college or whatever at, at, during the draft, and I saw Mahomes. His highlight reel tape, I you know, like nine minutes, eight minutes, whatever it was, and I thought the guy was good. I, same, I saw Josh Allen. I really liked what I saw from Josh Allen. I actually watched Josh Allen play a couple times on TV, and I loved what I saw with his deep ball, even though he was super inaccurate, whatever, misleading. I watched his receivers drop touchdown passes, okay? Josh Allen, the jury's out a little bit. He took the Bills to the playoffs. He looks like he is a good player right now, he he doesn't have the accuracy just yet, but the jury's a little bit out. But you know he was a top ten overall pick. Same thing with Daniel Jones. When I watched tape on Dan, because I'm like Duke Duke quarterback. I haven't watched this guy. What's what's the deal with this guy? Why is he you know trending upwards? Watched a Daniel Jones film. Same thing. I actually really liked Daniel Jones. Okay, so I've hit on a couple of these guys that I really like coming out. Sam Darnold. I watched him. I was not technically sold personally I did I did want Josh Allen I did not want Baker Mayfield I did not think Baker Mayfield was good okay and right now he's proving my point okay so you could say I technically hit on that one but to, to land Sam Darnold I thought he was maybe a little bit um inefficient in the sense that he tries to force things which he does but that's because he's got the arm talent and he thinks he could make every single throw. So again, the Jets have screwed with him for now two years and we'll see the jury's still out there, but not terrible that we got stuck with with Sam Darnold. I I will admit that. But yeah, so anyway, coming out, I was a huge Mahomes fan and and so you know, not, not surprising, I guess others were too. They saw this a while back as did his college coach. And, uh, yeah, he signs the biggest contract in history and here he is talking about it on Tuesday. It's a exciting time. I'm just glad that I get to continue building this, this legacy in Kansas city, uh, obviously with everything going on in the world with, with, with COVID and and all this different stuff to have this, this stuff, this, this security to go into the community and be able to give back. I, I can't wait to not only build this legacy on the field, but off of it. And uh, I'm excited for the future ahead for not only me, but the Kansas city chiefs and the, and the communities that have brought me up so far. Deshaun Jackson. He met with Eagles owner, Jeffrey Laurie and GM Howie Roseman. He apologized a second time on social media. I'm sure they asked him to do that and he promised to do better. So what's next? What's the next step for Deshaun Jackson, and is there any way to salvage his time in Philadelphia? Jackson spoke with senior members of the Philadelphia Jewish community and pledged to commit himself to learning more about Jewish culture and about being active in that community. The Eagles want Jackson to use his platform to take action to promote unity, equality, and respect. Now, I saw that Deshaun Jackson 40 minutes ago, uh, he was fined for his posts, and he must support words with actions to stay on the team. I also saw that he met with or he plans on meeting with a 94-year-old Holocaust survivor. Does nobody see the problem with this? I mean, Deshaun Jackson could be bringing coronavirus to this person and killing them. Like I don't want to say that. I'm sure they're going to take precautions. But to me, I, I hopefully this is not an... I, I wouldn't do this in person. I mean, not right now. This seems a little scary or a little sketchy. But, of course, he's got damage control to do because there are, of course, a, you have a Jewish owner and GM and you've got Jewish players in this league that were not happy with these comments. Well, one person that didn't seem to have an issue at all with these comments were Steven Jackson, the former NBA player. He posted a video on social media defending Deshaun Jackson. He said D-Jax was speaking the truth. He, of course, then later deleted the video because everybody loves to just hide behind their screens and say whatever they want because it's... Just you and the screen. But when they have to say things to other people, it's face to face. They clam up. He did go on CNN with Don Lemon to address those comments. And he did walk those walk the, that statement back a little bit. I apologize for using the wrong words. As I first stated when I got on here, I could have changed my words. But it's nothing that said that I support any of that. It's nothing that I said that, that I hate anybody. I apologize for my words and I could have switched up, but that's the end of it. I know I love everybody and that's how I always stand. And I'm not going to let anybody d- demean my character cuz I'm not standing up here apologizing for a job. I don't work for nobody. I'm apologizing cuz what I stand for is love for all who have love for all. No comment. Okay, next up, Raheem Mostert 49ers running back, he made headlines today uh this week. Excuse me. He is asking the 49ers. He has requested a trade. His agent made the announcement Wednesday, saying, in part, after months of unproductive talks with the 49ers about fairly adjusting Raheem Mostert's contract, which paid him for special teams, we have requested a trade. So here's what that means paid him for special teams. So Raheem Mostert requested a pay increase because. He was. He signed a three-year, eight-point something million-dollar deal in twenty nineteen or, or a couple of years, ago, whatever it was. I think it was in twenty nineteen, and or twenty eighteen, whatever. The reason being that Raheem Moster, for the for the majority of his four-year career up till this point, he's twenty-eight years old. He was, I believe, undrafted too. He was a total backup. Maybe third string running back, maybe deactivated from week to week, mostly special teamer and backup, right? Well, you know, cut to this year, he helps lead this team to a Super Bowl, led the league in yards per carry, and had a monster playoff run to that Super Bowl. He tallied 952 yards from scrimmage and 10 touchdowns during the regular season alone. That is not too shabby. Okay, a lot of guys can get 1,000 yards, but get two, three, four touchdowns. Raheem Mostert got to 10 touchdowns on a potent, potent offense, a team that went to the Super Bowl, rightfully so. His playoff performance increased even more. He got more touches. They they really fed him. He had 344 yards from scrimmage and five touchdowns over three playoff games. I think he had a monster game in, in the second round or, or, or the NFC championship game, like four touchdowns or something was setting records. Okay. But the problem with Mostert wanting, uh, requesting more money is that he has zero leverage. He signed that, like I said, three years. It was it was $8.7 million. Okay. And he's 28 years old and he figures now is his time. He needs to make that money because shelf life of running backs, it's like four years. You don't last that long. And one major injury at his age, he's gone. But the 49ers look at it this way. They still have Tevin Coleman, who was supposed to be that guy who started off as that guy. It would really back uh, inconsistent he was on my fantasy team he didn't do me a great job had a couple games here and there but really uh you know Shanahan loves to spread the ball around he doesn't have a workhorse he he likes to use a committee okay and go with the hot hand and then don't forget they've still got Jarek McKinnon who was coming off a major injury and hasn't played in two years they signed him to be the guy the perfect Kyle Shanahan piece to 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 fit in that backfield And I mean, he hasn't taken the wear and tear. Yes, it's been two years, but he's fully healthy from all accounts. And he looks to be, you know, have a big role. And then, of course, you've got Jeff Wilson as the third guy there. Okay. Don't forget Matt Burita was also on this team until they traded him to the Dolphins in in the offseason. So my guess is uh, Mostert will probably get traded if I had to assume, I, I know the Eagles uh, are interested. So, so we'll see how this plays out, but I don't see uh, if they don't pay him because you know, they, by right now from what I heard this morning, they're inquiring about a trade with the New York jets for Jamal Adams. And they have asked players if they'd be willing to take a pay increase. I mean, decrease, excuse me. They, they're they asking players to take a pay decrease so they could sign Jamal Adams. If they trade for him now, George Kittle is in the last year of his con- rookie contract. So he needs to get paid and he, you can argue he's the number one tight end in the league. So there's no way they're going to extend most and pay him even more when they're asking guys to take a decrease. So I don't see this as anything more than uh, you know, a trade piece. Maybe they try to leverage him in a Jamal Adams trade. I don't know. Maybe the jets would take that, but my guess is not. Okay. Let's talk about a bombshell. Um, that we've that we just learned about the other day in in terms of college sports with this pandemic. On Wednesday, the Ivy League announced they would be canceling fall sports. There has been talk around the nation of playing fall sports such as football in the spring, but the Ivy League has not made a specific decision on that part of it yet. Excuse me. They are the fir- they were the first D- Division 1 conference to cancel fall sports and what scared me about this is if you remember back to the end before, right before the NCAA tournament the Ivy League was the first league to cancel its tour uh, its tournament which in turn started that of course that snowball effect that ripple effect throughout the power the rest of the nation the the power 5 just followed conference after conference cancel 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 and then there was no tournament so i'm afraid that that's going to be the case and um well, it, I, I I just, I don't have a good feeling about this at all. So let's hear what the experts have to say. I've spoken to a lot of conference commissioners as well as athletic directors at Cross the Power Five, and they have told me while they respect the Ivy League, they monitor it and they pay close attention, they're not necessarily going to base their decisions on college football based on what happened today. And I think that you'll see some major decisions from the Power Five conferences later this month but ultimately they're going to come to their own conclusions which could be the same as the ivy league in the end but i think that there's a lot more at stake in terms of financials for the big the big conferences okay well we got some decisions from some of the other conferences and i will give you that in just a second after i announce some shocking news coming out of stanford university They have, in fact, eliminated 11 varsity sports. They are making significant cuts within the athletic department, dropping 11 of their 36 varsity sports. The cuts are apparently necessary in order to create fiscal stability for the athletic program. I mean, this is crazy, right, to think that because of this virus, uh, you know, Colleges and uni- major universities around the country are actually going moving. Uh, in New Jersey, they've started to move. They've announced it fall in the fall. They're going to go mostly online. Princeton and Rutgers. Princeton's offering a ten percent uh, discount on, on tuition. Just ten percent. It's still going to cost students forty eight thousand dollars to attend uh, to attend Princeton, prestigious school, obviously, right. Rutgers not offering a discount of any kind. Students are fuming. This is why I am going to tell everybody out there that's going to college, everything's going to move to online for at least the fall semester. Go to a community college and pay a fraction of the price because realistically, it's all online anyway, and you don't have to show up in person. So, what difference does it make? You know, you're going to save yourself thousands upon thousands of dollars. So, something to think about. It's crazy that these universities have lost so much money, they can't even offer the students discounts now. Um, but, just crazy. Um, Okay. So back to the Stanford thing. What are the 11 sports you might ask? Well, it's some of the lesser known ones that nobody really cares about. I don't want to offend anybody, but that's just the truth of the matter. You've got women's and men's fencing, field hockey, lightweight rowing, men's rowing, co-ed, and women's sailing, squash, synchronized swimming. Here's the two big ones, men's volleyball and wrestling. The sports program's that are being eliminated, these 11 will be discontinued at the conclusion of this academic year, the 2020-2021 academic year. Now, here comes the ripple effect. The Big Ten yesterday announced it will play a conference-only schedule for all fall sports including football. So thankfully they're not as drastic as the Ivy League in terms of canceling full on canceling the season, but they have now moved to a conference only schedule. So what does that mean? Well, it I I fear it means for Rutgers that they might not win a single game because they don't get to play the likes of Howard or, you know, East Tennessee State or whatever the the these non-conference you know, phony baloney teams that that they schedule every year to get those couple wins. Um, this move was made, obviously, to ensure that teams are not traveling to faraway places and, and such, and, and to keep everything in line with, with the virus. They're going to make sure that they test properly while limiting the travel. Um, Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith was asked about his level of concern. Now, I've seen that Ohio State had to shut down their facilities for, from practicing uh because of the spread. So naturally, you, you you know, he he's a little bit uh scared over all this and concerned. Well, I am very concerned. I think in our last conversation I was cautiously optimistic. I'm not even there now. I am concerned that we may not be able to play which is why we took the measure that we took in order to try and have September available to us for conference games and give us the flexibility and control to handle disruptions if we're able to start a season. People need to to follow the protocols and give our kids a chance to compete. The Pac-12 Just announced they just made a decision as well. This is minutes ago. So this is somewhat breaking news. The PAC 12, let me find the exact uh, headline here. Where is it? Uh, Okay. The PAC 12 has decided to move to a conference only schedule as well. Non-conference football games have been cut for 2020. They become the second power five conference to make this move The ACC and Big 12 have reportedly delayed making a decision. So we'll have to wait a little bit later in the month to get a decision from the other couple of power five conferences. This is a, this is a trickle down effect. Like I said, they're going to all make this move. And this is unfortunate because at least for some of these big 10 schools, uh, you know, and, and some of these other conferences that we're going to miss out on some big time games, most notably September 5th, where you had Michigan number, uh, you had Michigan at Washington, that game's gone. Now, uh, September 12th, Ohio state at Oregon, Iowa state at Iowa. That is a staple the two big rivals there, Iowa State, Iowa, we don't get that now. Penn State at Virginia Tech, we don't get that. September 26th, Miami at Michigan State, we're not going to get that. And then October 3rd was Wisconsin versus Notre Dame. That was scheduled to be played at Lambeau Field. That would have been awesome. And so we don't get that. And um, so yeah, it's it's not a good look guys and, and hopefully um, we get sports at all I don't want to get you know picky here and, and and get greedy but something is better than nothing and at this point it, it's looking bleaker and bleaker by the day we had another record setting day of 62500 cases just absolutely ridiculous um so yeah we're, we're gonna have to just take this one step at a time day by day. Next up, let's talk about the MLS. The MLS's back tournament has gotten underway. Of uh, There are two teams, unfortunately, that have had to drop out because of the coronavirus. You have Nashville FC. They became the second team this week to withdraw due to a number of coronavirus tests. FC Dallas had withdrawn earlier in the week. So as a result, the league has reconfigured the tournament to consist of six groups containing four teams. Look, the MLS had a great opportunity here to capitalize on, you know, a sportsless time in the country right now. And with being one of the only sports on television, they had a chance to gain followers and viewership. This is a huge blow losing two of, uh, of their six teams right there like that. So yikes. Um, but yeah, they've been on, they've been playing games. I haven't watched because it's gotten way too political at the beginning of these games. And, you know, I just, they're not marketing it well enough. I'm not getting really notifications that the MLS is back tournament is on. They didn't notify me that it was, you know, today is the day it's back. Like they're not really pushing these sports enough. And it's a shame because, you know, as a sports junkie, I would, tune in a little bit here and there to watch but i don't even really know that it's on so it is what it is i guess next up let's talk a little bit of golf some big major news tiger woods has announced that he will be returning to next week's memorial tournament next week's event will be his first on tour since february Uh, He's won the Memorial a record five times. So maybe this is a little strategy pulling, um, you know, not playing since February, being off, you know, a couple months like that. Possibly knowing that he he puts himself in a good position to win because he's so familiar with this course. But hold the brakes, you know, pump the brakes. This does not make him a favorite to win this event. And here is why. For people out there who heard Tiger commit to Memorial, And the media was like, well, Tiger needs to be the favorite at Memorial. No, he doesn't. And they'll say, oh, well, Tiger won there five times. Yes, but the last time he won there was 2012. And last year, he finished tied for ninth. But the guys that are out there playing right now have had a five-week head start. Oh, and they're playing on the same course this week that he'll be coming to next week. So they're going to have a one-week advantage to that, even though the course is going to play a little bit different. There is golf going on right now. You've got the Workday Charity Open. Colin Morikawa is smashing it. He is currently holding a three stroke lead over Kevin Streelman. Okay. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama is there, tied for ninth. Justin Thomas is up there at eight under. So it's, you know, it's a tight little contest. Morikawa, I think he shot a 65 on Thursday, followed that up today with a 66 which is just ridiculous. I'm lucky if I can break a hundred, right? Uh, these guys are just incredible. That's a 100, his 131 score, 131 score tied for the second lowest 36 hole score in any event at Muirfield Village. The lowest is Jason Duffner's 130 during the Memorial in 2017. Just, Just ridiculous. I like to think that if I played golf from the time I was able to walk, that I'd be a pro too, but You know, you you never know. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so with that being said, we are on the final segment. Before I get into on this date, I just want to give everybody a heads up, a little bit of a reminder. Nothing else matters but tomorrow night, UFC 251 Fight Island, Yaz Island, Abu Dhabi. We've got Masvidal versus... Usman. It's going to be a huge fight card. Everybody get ready. I'm not even a big UFC guy, but I cannot wait for this. I am definitely going to place a wager. I'm going to be betting on Usman probably for the win, but I got a little scared when I saw a video just before on ESPN's Instagram page that Jorge Masvidal used to fight in Kimbo slices backyard tournaments like these backyard brawls like straight up street fighting fist fights like no gloves no you know not really taped up like straight up savage stuff. So this dude is a killer, he is a beast and it's really going to be hard to bet on him and if I see that this thing you know slides a little bit to where he becomes a serious underdog and the money isn't really there to bet on Newsman, I will switch it up and I will bet on Masvidal. I'll see what what kind of bonuses they've got out there too. Um so yeah, that should be a great fight. So keep an eye out for that. Of course, there's some golf through the weekend as well. We're just a cold in there guys. Stay stay strong just a couple weeks out from sports. We're almost there. Okay, we've got baseball coming up in, in 13 days. We've got the NBA starting up like a week after that. We're almost there. Okay, now we can get to the final segment on this date in sports. I've got two of them for you, two good ones. Today marks Urban Meyer's 56th birthday, so happy birthday to Urban Meyer. In 17 seasons as a head coach at Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, and Ohio State, he has posted a redonkulous 187 wins to 32 losses. That is an 8 54 win percentage he's of course also won three national championships the two at florida and the one at ohio state we've also got on this day july 10th 2001 in his final mlb all-star game appearance cal ripken jr homers and is named the game's mvp as the american league defeats the national league four to one in seattle that's an ode to uh, my dad's favorite player or, you know, one of his favorite players. I'm a big fan of Pete Rose, too. But um, speaking of the all, the MLB All-Star Game, I saw earlier this week was the anniversary. I'll never forget this. I can't, I can't quite remember the year, but it was the year that they had a tie in the All-Star Game. Bud Selig was the commissioner. You had um, Joe Torre was the manager for the American League. They went to 12 innings only. And they ran out of pitchers, ran out of players, and they decided to end the game in a tie. I will never forget that because I was awake and I was still watching that on a school night. Uh, Not on a school night. It was in the middle of the summer. I don't know what I'm saying. I might have had a baseball thing the next morning. I don't know. But I was remember watching that. It was quite late. And yeah, they ended in a tie. And I literally couldn't believe it. And I witnessed history because that's never happened again and that will never happen again. And really, as commissioner of baseball, your one job is to make sure there's a winner. And to end the game in a tie, just totally, totally botched it. Just should never happen. Okay? And um, so, anyway, with that being said, those of you that are out there, make sure you either... Number one, stop going and getting tested so we could get back to normalcy. But more importantly, on a serious note, wear your masks, socially distance. I got some great masks. I know they suck to wear because they're not very breathable. I got some masks from the mattress company Purple. It was two for 20 bucks. They got to my house within a week of ordering them. There's a small medium size and then a large one for you bigger uh. People out there are taller, I mean, or bigger heads. I have a small head. I'm a small guy. What can I say? But it, it does slide off your head if you don't position it right. I can, uh, you know, get it to a good spot. And it's very breathable. It's made out of like pillow material or mattress material, whatever. Can't beat it. Okay, uh, I know Under Armour's got that like thirty dollar one, but that's sold out through like August, middle of August. There's ones out there that you could buy. Don't get those cheap little papery ones that you could get at the dollar store. Uh, Get some good ones. Invest a little money in those things. They're not bad. I sit at my computer all day at work, and I actually have started to just keep it on, except when I'm eating my lunch or whatever. And it's not that bad. It really isn't. Um, If you're outside working all day in the hot sun, then it's got to be a pain, Uh, like it's got to be absolute torture. Uh, But if you're indoors, just put it on. Okay. Don't be like Joe West with his, you know, his crazy conspiracy theories. That guy, uh, as a major league baseball umpire, he's out of his mind because he's so overweight. He's old. He's almost 70 years old. He is the exact type of person that will get this virus and die. And he thinks it's an absolute joke. So it's not a joke. Um, so with that being said, guys, stay safe. I will hopefully see you on Monday for another recap. I'm excited. We should, we will be able to recap UFC 251. Nick is the UFC expert, so I hope to get him on. I know he's going on on vacay, but he said he'd bring his laptop and headset. So hopefully, we could get an episode in while he's down. Probably. Uh, you know, on the beach or something. So that should be fun. Look forward to that. Look for that on uh, Monday night, Tuesday morning. If you're riding into work, you could hear a recap uh, of the weekend of UFC 251. So I look forward to it, guys. Again, stay safe, stay healthy. We've got this tropical storm, uh, Faye or whatever it's called, that, that that came in today out of nowhere. Absolutely torrential downpour here in Jersey. I don't know how the rest of the country you guys are doing, but I had a hell of a time driving home from work and the, the just flooding was insane. So stay safe. You got two things to worry about now with the virus. And now with this tropical storm. I look forward to talking to you guys. Have a happy and healthy weekend. As always, this is the Pody signing out.